Hello and welcome to the Diction Police. I'm your host, Ellen Rissinger, an American vocal coach accompanist on the music staff of the Zemperoper in Dresden, Germany. Today's episode is all about the German CH. It's a sound that we have a difficult time with as foreigners because it doesn't really exist in English. And we've talked about it before on the podcast, but I think it always bears repeating. Plus, we'll talk about the times when the CH is not pronounced as either an Achlaut, the back CH sound, which has the phonetic letter X, or an Ichlaut, the front form of the CH, whose phonetic spelling is a C-Sedille. We'll be talking with Tanya Baumgartner, Virgil Hartinger, and Mirko Roszkowski, and using the texts to the composer's aria from Ariadne of Naxos and Von Ewiger Liebe, a Brahms song. You can find links to the texts for these pieces at the blog at www.thedictionpolice.com. Don't forget the the. A few people asked me this summer how I learned all the things that I teach. The answer is, I stole it all from other people. I've probably played for over 150 different voice teachers, coaches, conductors, and master teachers over the years, and I try to take in everything they say and see if I can use it. And I continue to ask my friends because there's always something new to learn, even if it's just a new way to say the same thing. Most coaches have a few stock tools that they prefer in their bag of vocal and diction tricks, some of which follow the rules, and others that break every diction rule you've ever heard. And most of us heard other people teach someone those tricks and then stole them as our own. I say this because in this episode, you'll hear a few things that go against what the diction books say. Just remember that diction books in themselves are only a set of guidelines about standard pronunciation. You'll get differing opinions from coaches and teachers about how to produce the exact same result, and it's important to weigh all the options and see what works best for you. The goal being to find the way that you can most effectively communicate, so hopefully you'll find a few new tools here that you can play with. Our first text today is the composer's aria from Ariadne of Naxos. There are a few misprints in the score for this aria that you should know about. For the pianists, on page 81, the second measure, under the middle of the word tiefen, die tiefen des Daseins. On the downbeat of that second measure, the printed E should actually be an E flat. And for the singers, on the last page of the aria, page 84, on the second system, the composer says, und darum ist sie die Heilige, so that word die, sie die Heilige, the word D should actually be on a D, not a C, like the Z before it, so that we go straight up the scale. Und darum ist sie die Heilige. You'll hear it sung both ways on recordings, but according to the full score, it should be a, a D. Seien wir wieder gut. Ich sehe jetzt alles mit anderen Augen. Die Tiefen des Daseins sind unermesslich. Mein lieber Freund, es gibt manches auf der Welt, das lässt sich nicht sagen. Die Dichter unterlegen ja recht gute Worte, recht gute. Jedoch, 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 Mut ist in mir, Freund. Die Welt ist lieblich und nicht fürchterlich dem Mutigen. Was ist denn Musik? Musik ist eine heilige Kunst, zu versammeln alle Arten von Mut, wie Cherubim um einen strahlenden Thron. Und darum ist sie die Heilige unter den Künsten, die heilige Musik. 
that was Tanya Baumgartner reading the composer's aria. And just before we started, she asked me how I wanted her to say the R's. So let's start off talking about that. Okay, there is a diction that says never roll it like on the end of there. Right. The, the weak ending. Make instead a But if you roll it like slightly like there, if you do like not a real r, but like a D, you, you just touch with the tongue once. Like a D, there. Then it's, then it's okay. Yeah, you really don't even hear that it's an an air. You don't even hear the yes. tongue coming up. But this is not the official version, but the practical the practical version. Yeah, <laughs> well, because it sense. keeps it it keeps it more front for you then, huh? Yes, yes, it keeps it more front because the air brings much brings it much more back. Yeah, you can't roll them like R, but if you don't want to do an A instead like the R, you roll it just once. It's little, but. You got to feel it really right. Exactly. Since this episode is mostly about CHs, I wanted to ask you about the where do you say the CHs? How? What are the ones that are front? What are the ones that are back? Okay, there are basically two CHs. I mean, the one which goes back is after the vowels A, O, and U, mm -hmm. like auch, och, mochte, doch. Yeah, and it's really, really far in the back. And in this piece, we have we have that back one a couple of well, doing the same word a thousand times, huh? Yes, jedoch, yeah, jedoch. Um, and then the one which is going forward is the after e and a, e and i. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> in English. E and i exactly. Nicht und recht gute Worte. Nicht, and it's it's like a strong airflow, like a cat is doing, like. <laughs> like a cat hiss. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it happens after consonants too, right? It's it's still a front one after consonants. Right. That's the other thing. Then it's also forward. Manches, um, welches, we don't have here. No, fürchterlich we have. Fürchterlich, right. But we do in this piece, we have one CH that's not an Achlaut or an Ichlaut. Right. That's the one at Kerubim, which is something like an H or a K, something in between. Cherubim. Cherubim. Yeah. And it's usually with um, all names or um, foreign words in the German languages, language, and then it's spoken like that. And while we're on that word, talk to me about the last syllable, because I found in my Lagenscheidts that it says Cherubim, with a really open, short I, and I found in my Dudens that it doesn't say a long I, but I've never heard anybody sing Kerobim. Right, me neither. <laughs> I think it's a, it's a tricky one. I think it's it's short, but anyway closed. I mean, still a closed I sound, clear yes. an E. And don't do the mistake of doing a double M at the end. No way. <laughs> okay, so they're really not to open the eye too much and not to just go Kerobim. Yes, right. Not that one. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about words that that seem like we would make sense out of them in English, like the word music. Just the opposite of the stress. You stress on music, we say musik. So it's just the other syllable that is uh, that has the stress on it. Exactly. And because of that, then we close the I. Musik, yes. Yeah. I had one other question for you about the S's. In in the third sentence, I think it is, die Tiefen des Daseins. Okay, first of all, Daseins. Yes. It should be an, an unvoiced S, right? A real S sound because of the yeah. genitive. 
Well, the last one, da sein. The first one is an. A voice, stimmt. A voice. A voice, yeah. yeah, right. And the other is um, unvoiced. And then, sind is again a voiced one. So, this is tricky. Da sein, sind. So, you got to make a little break in between those two words because you, you can't just um, put them together. And there is time in the piece to get both of them out, right? Yes. If there is no time, you usually decide for the sharp one. For the for the unvoiced one. Yeah, because it still it sounds still better than to do the voiced one for both then. Mm-hmm. Daseins, the word means beings, and again we would see this and not really know where the stressed syllable is. And especially in the music, it's said as a, a low note, but the da is still the stressed syllable, right? Daseins, yes. Yeah, it's not Daseins, it's Daseins, yeah, right, so, the stress on the D-A. D-A. So yeah. even though it's a lower note, that still has to get the stress of the word. Yeah, right. One of those words, they were put together and then be- became an own word. It's, it means to be the sign, the, the, the being, and the being here. And now this being here became a, a, a complete new word. Oh, wow. I, I don't know when in the development of language, but I'm sure at a certain point. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, das sein, da sein. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. One other thing I wanted to ask about is the word unermesslich. Now, sometimes in the middle of words, when the when the root word starts with a vowel like ermesslich, to, to, well, messen, yeah. is to, messen is to measure something, right? Yeah. And unermesslich means to that it's not measurable. Right. Okay, so ermesslich is really the word, and then it's the un in yeah. front of it. Is there, would you put a glottal there, or does that run together? Un, unermesslich or unermesslich? It's written together, so you can put it together, but unermesslich. I think as it changes the, the, the tones, you know, it makes already a little break in it. You don't need to do an extra then. Unermesslich. When you want to stress it, you know, it's unermesslich, like people sometimes do. It's yeah. a sort of interpretation if you do it like that. Yeah. Then it's like, it's even more this one. Yeah. And I think you could do this kind of interpretation in singing too. Yeah. Especially in this situation with the composer, because he's really, yeah. he's really excited. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But yeah. The, 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 the rule would be unermesslich. That it would just run together. together. Yeah. I love that Tanya said that if there isn't time to get both an unvoiced and a voiced S out together, that we generally just use the unvoiced S, which the Germans refer to as a sharp S, a scharfes S. This summer I was talking with a German colleague who's maybe even more of a diction geek than I am, although unfortunately he didn't want to be on the show. And he said, too, that at this point in his career, he always coaches voiced S's as slightly unvoiced. He feels that it carries better across a large orchestra, and in a big house, that's important. I'm not saying that you have to sing all S's unvoiced, but know that it's also an option to experiment with. You won't find this in any diction books, because they're concerned with the actual spoken diction of the language, and rightly so. But remember, too, that we're trying to recreate sounds that come across as language, and sometimes things come across differently than we think. In the same way that we sometimes tweak an open vowel to a slightly more closed version in the passaggio, or relax a consonant on top to help the vocal line, Think of this as another tool to apply if you need it, rather than a hard and fast rule. And you'll hear different things from every coach. Try them all and see what works best for you.
Our next text is Vonewiger Liebe, one of Brahms's most dramatic lieder. You'll hear in our discussion that Virgil has a slightly different take on the CHs than what we've been talking about so far. Von ewiger Liebe, Josef Wenzig. Dunkel, wie dunkel in Wald und in Feld. Abend schon ist es, nun schweiget die Welt. Nirgend noch Licht und nirgend noch Rauch. Ja, und die Lerche, sie schweiget nun auch. Kommt aus dem Dorfe der Bursche heraus, gibt das Geleit der Geliebten nach Haus, führt sie am Weidengebüsche vorbei, redet so viel und so mancherlei. Leidest du Schmach und betrübest du dich, leidest du Schmach von andern um mich, werde die Liebe getrennt so geschwind, schnell wie wir früher vereiniget sind. Scheide mit Regen und scheide mit Wind, schnell wie wir früher vereiniget sind. Spricht das Mägdelein, Mägdelein spricht, unsere Liebe, sie trennet sich nicht. Fest ist der Stahl und das Eisen gar sehr, unsere Liebe ist fester noch mehr. Eisen und Stahl, man schmiedet sie um, unsere Liebe, wer wandelt sie um? Eisen und Stahl, sie können zergehen, unsere Liebe muss ewig bestehen. That was von ewiger Liebe, read by Virgil Hartinger. And I wanted to talk about these CHs. Yes. We have tons of CHs in this. And we talk about Achlauts and Ichlauts. What's your feeling about them? Well, I had this old teacher, who, um, old actor, who told me, basically, try to eliminate the real ach laut. And so not so it far back in the throat. Not that far back, except for um, expressive reasons. His best example was, you just cannot sing ach, ich fühls, Pamina's aria, ach, ich fühls, has to be more towards the ich laut, ach, ich fühls. And even as we modify into the passaggio, and we sing a more open vowel, I still try to make the effort to go for the i, i, ich. So put the sh a little bit more uh, frontal, even even if you're singing, you know, the big I, the Yeah, ich, the capital I. The cap, capital I. Yeah. yeah. Okay, just to go, to give us an example of that, we have right in the beginning of this. Nirgend noch Licht und nirgend noch Rauch. So you can hear that he's actually pulling all of them in front. How, if you were just going to say this in a sentence, if you, in normal speech. Nirgend noch Licht und nirgend noch Rauch. So that noch Rauch, yes. then they do go back. I mean, if, if you really make a, make a strong point in Rauch, and you want Rauch to sound like a little bit of a you know, nebulous haze, um, you can make the choice. You really have the choice. Um, I would I would uh, confine the ach laut to really a, a flavoring element, as uh, you know. Um, if if you have a very intimate song, go for the ich laut, even with an ach sound. Sound, yeah. What about in we have this word schmach? Yes, leidest du schmach? Schmach or schmach? It's suffering. It's it's. Um, pain, mm -hmm. um, but also shame. Mm -hmm. And and the whole word of schmach, 
von for a German speaker has this very it's ah you know very very, um, very strong connotation. strong kind of um, a sighing connotation and mm -hmm. so leidest du schmach und betrübest du dich yeah. uh, is uh, is a very it's just a very very strong word um, so you can still you can still keep it front but you just want to point that word up yes yeah okay we have a bunch of the ich lauts definitely in this piece too mm -hmm. so again we had nirgend noch Licht. Nirgend noch Licht und nirgend noch Rauch. So Licht is Licht. one that would in any case be front. Absolutely. No matter how you want to do it. Even if you, even if you sing Licht on a high A, you can't go Licht. It's yeah. still still Licht. Exactly. Licht. And yeah. all of those, all the little words, Ich, Dich, Sich, anything with an I. Absolutely. Ich. In the front. Exactly. Okay, so little other little Ausnahmen or exceptions we have here. We've said this word a thousand times now. Nirgend. It's that open I sound followed by an R. Nirgend. It's a tough sound to make because we want to go nirgend. We want to say nirgend. Yeah, but it's ab absolutely nirgend. So straight up and down, capital yes. I. Well, and I, I, I think a, a lot of the and, and the good composers obviously give the stress in the right uh, on the right syllable, but also. Maybe they, even, especially in Baroque music, very often you have a different stress because language changed, or they didn't care so much about it. Um, but uh, it's really nirgend. So, so if, for American speakers who uh, are more used to a, a sort of a line, a sing-sang line, mm -hmm. it's very hard to, to understand the rhythmic um, quality. Of the, of the language, so it's really nirgend, and then you don't have that much trouble with it. Yeah. If you really think about the that rhythm. short sound. That short nirgend. sort of, yeah. Yeah. And the other one I wanted to point out is G-I-B-T in the second verse we have. Yes. It's obviously not gibt, but gibt. It's a closed I. Very, very closed, yeah. Gibt. And, and that's one that we look at and we see those two consonants after we say gibt. Yes. Because it looks... Like gibt. Yeah, yeah. But it's closed because of it comes from the verb geben, which is also closed. E. Yes, also the e kind of exactly. very narrow e sound that is almost an e. Yeah. One thing that I also find interesting musically is this word ja. Does it function <laughs> in the sentence at all? Not at all. I mean, it's it's really a flavor, a sort of flavor thing. Ja. So little children, listen up, hark, hark. You know, <laughs> ja. Und die Lerche, sie schweiget nun auch. So it's one of those, uh, it's the first person speaking. Yeah. So, ja, somebody telling you a little story. So mm. you really get that narration feel from it. Exactly. But it's not, and it's also not the important, ja. Absolutely not. It is no. set on a high note, but it, you don't want to make actually, it a huge thing. Ja, und die Lerche schweiget nun auch. Yes. So it's almost like a, a really, I mean, a real, it's really like this. It's this yeah. is happening and, and really this is also happening. It's an affirmation, absolutely an affirmation. And, yeah. and, and the comma here is very important. Um, ja, und die Lerche, sie schweiget nun auch. Or ja, und die Lerche, sie schweiget nun auch. But it's probably the Lerche is the more, yeah. the large, the Lerche is the more important word. Yeah. yeah, we have the Eisen und Stahl. Yes, and we talk. We're going to talk a little bit about that in another podcast, but I want to sort of get onto this <clears throat> long sounds. Yes, Eisen und Stahl. Stahl is is a very you know it's a very strong word in a different way than Schmach. 
Yeah. The Schmach and Stahl. And so you, you can you can really go for a ah, a very this very nasty ah yeah. to to uh, emphasize the hardness of steel. Yeah, the strength of the it. The strength, yes. Yeah. And don't go for Stahl because that is the stable, the barn. Yes. Ah, good to know. Stahl has long because Stahl is stable, barn. Something yeah. else, exactly. Yeah. We just talked about the long vowel in Stahl, which is spelled S-T-A-H-L. The shorter version, Stahl, is spelled S-T-A-L-L. We've talked before about how the H can close the vowels E, I, and O, but it also makes the vowel longer. In phonetics, we indicate this by placing a colon after the vowel. So phonetically, Stahl is written the big squiggly S, T, bright A with a colon, and then L. And since we're just about to hear from my friend Mirko Roszkowski again, remember that that T should be spoken as a real T and not softened to a D, as we talked about in an earlier episode. So, Stahl. Remember that I said Virgil has a different take on our Ach und, and Ich lauts? He suggests singing all the CHs forward in that Ich laut position. And this isn't the first time I've heard this, although I've never found it in any diction book. It makes sense because it will automatically pull the voice front, and it's a fun concept to play with because it really forces you to put the tongue into a different position on the back vowels. On the other hand, you may have one coach tell you to sing all the CHs front as the C sedilla, and another coach will correct you and make you sing all the Achlauts back as an X. But that's one of the fun things about this job. There are always different ideas to try and see how they work for you. Your main point is still always that the language comes across clearly. Our general discussion today is with Mirko Roszkowski, and we focus on some words where the CH is not an ach or an ich laut. But we start off talking about what happens to the CH following consonants. What about after consonants? Do we have a rule there? <laughs> I'm not I, sure I, about I, the think, rule. I think the rule is that they all, they're supposed to come yeah. front. Yeah. I think it's all this, this, the ich laut. Yeah, and uh, I, I know from, from my parents a dialect version which is really hard because, <laughs> for example, the, the word durch, which means through, through is even hard to uh, spell, so <laughs> to, <laughs> exactly. to pronounce. Uh, no, um, durch, and my father, for example, said durch. He pulled it back. Yeah, mm -hmm. but this is not, of course, not... Um, it's a more uh, dialect thing. It's a dialect thing, yeah. Durch, and or um, manche, which means some. Mm -hmm. Which comes um, up all the time. That word we see a lot. Manche. This is in the front. Yeah. So, yeah. durch is D-U-R-C-H. Manche is M-A-N-C-H-E. But we do have some exceptions, to, or I guess they're not exceptions. We have a different rule that goes along with the C-H's, right? Yeah. This, this one rule, when it's followed by an, by an S in the root of the word, then it's, it's um, like an X. And then it's like K yeah. the K phonetical letters the would be KS. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. For example, the, the German word for to grow is wachsen. W-A-C-H-S-E-N. But there yeah. it sounds like a K. Yeah. And you would think it's wachsen. No, it isn't. It's wachsen, like KS. And um, yeah, it's the, the comparison with the word wach. Which is to awake. To be awake, yeah. Um, wax as uh, root of um, of the word to grow. So yeah. 
this is sometimes a bit hard, but it's always it's always like that when it's um, followed by an S in the root. Um, it's spelled by like KS, mm -hmm. and we we got uh, we got it for for all the vowels. Um, so it's waxen or uh, fuchs, which is a fox. A fox, yeah. And the plural of fox, even with the umlaut. Yeah, it's fuchse. So f u c h s and then f u umlaut c h s e. The oxe. In Rosenkavalier, the Baron von von Ox. Mm-hmm. Or which is an ox, right? O like the R word O X. Yeah. yeah. So it's an easy one to remember. We also have the lux, which is a, a fish. It's a, it's salmon, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, and I think we actually I think this is where Americans get lox from when you put lox on a bagel. Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. So L A C H S. Sure. And we have one major example that comes up if you just start counting your numbers. Eins, zwei, drei, vier, fünf. Six. So the number six is already not a or a but a no, k. It's six. But, but, <laughs> um, if it's uh, sixteen, mm -hmm. it's sechzehn because there's no s after the ch, but it's sech. There's a Z. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, then the same thing for 6D. Exactly. It's 60. So, Zex with a K, but the other one's with a front because it's an e, a front vowel. 16. 60 and 16. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we have a couple of other words that I found that have a CH either at the beginning or the middle of the word that are still a K sound. Yeah, these are these are foreign words, so they are exceptions. Like the word uh, core. Like chorus, spelled basically just like ours without the U S yeah, at the end. Core. It's core, like like a K, a mm -hmm. K sound, or um, orchestra. Mm -hmm. Though there some they, uh, some would say some Germans would say orchestra. Really? But yeah. But so that's a dialect too. It's it's a dialect. Yeah, it's orchestra. Uh, <laughs> the orchestra is. An <laughs> no, I, I, can't, I can't say it. <laughs> Orchestra. Mm -hmm. And um, the next one is for you. <laughs> the next one is one of my favorites, exactly. Yeah. But partly because in, in uh, Dresden we have that painting with the cherubs yeah. from that you see so all over. Cherubs. So we said cherubs in English, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. And what do you say in German? <laughs> Kerub. Kerub. So Kerubim. But um, but you have to be careful with this uh, rule about the roots of the word because there are some some um, examples where um, an S follows the, the, the CH. CH and doesn't belong to the root. So, for example, the word wachsam, wakeful, and uh, the the root is wach, which, as we said before, is yeah, awake. Exactly, awake, and sam is um, normal suffix. So um, this is not not wachsam, but wachsam. What about in words when it uh, when we have the, the infinitive like lachen? What happens when we conjugate it? In in that in that case too. Um, lachen is to laugh, I should say. Lachen to laugh. To laugh, and um, it stays uh, this the the ch stays like it was. So it's um, ich lache, du lachst, er lacht. So always yeah. that'll still maintain its regular sound. Yeah, du lachst because st is ju just the the suffix for the yeah for, for the version for the form. Yeah. yeah, and sometimes in the genitive a word will take an s at the end of it. Like I like to say das des Wetters, <laughs> because I feel brilliant when I get my grammar right in German. Um, yeah. What about a word des Dachs? 
des Dachs. So it still so, stays. In contrast to, to the animal ducks. A Dachshund. <laughs> yeah, a Dachshund. <laughs> so in German, uh, we spell Dachshund the same way you guys spell ducks. Yeah. And we say it exactly the same, well, we say it with an American accent, but with the same KS sound, Dachshund. Dachs. Yeah. So des Dachs. Des but, Dachs. Which is about the, uh, of the roof. Yeah. But der Dachs. Or, or der Dachshund. Yeah. So, yeah. For the animal. Mirko and I are also both TV junkies, and we often send each other suggestions for new TV shows to watch. While I was visiting him this summer, I showed him the Big Bang Theory's clip of Sheldon doing rock, paper, scissors, lizard, Spock. And then we found it on YouTube, in German. And we discovered another example of that CHS phonetically being KS rule. So rock, stein, paper, papier, scissors, schere, lizard, exe. E-C-H-S-E, Exe, Spock, which is just plain old Spock. And just to recap, we said that the Ach laut is formed when the C-H follows A, O, or U, those back vowels, and the Ich laut when it follows an E, I, or a consonant. This works as well with the diphthongs, and then it goes off the second of those vowels. So, if you have the word Auch, also, the final vowel of the diphthong is U or O, Remember, depending on Siebs and Dudens. So we have the Ach laut, Auch. In the I diphthong, as in the word gleich, which means the same or soon, the last vowel of the diphthong is I or E. So here we use the Ich laut, just as in Euch, which means you. And since all of those umlaut vowels are formed with either an E, I, E, or E at the back of the mouth, all umlauts take the ich laut as well. And that's all for today. To find out more about Tanja Baumgartner, Virgil Hartinger, and Mirko Roszkowski, or if you have any questions or comments for me, Ellen Rissinger, please visit the blog at www.thedictionpolice.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please go to iTunes and give it a high rating so that more people can find it and benefit from it. Thanks for listening, and see you next week for a discussion of two Faust arias with French-Canadian coach Nathalie Doucet. <laughs>